1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And with the Giants closing in on their season opener this Sunday against the Denver Broncos, I thought it would be fun to do something a little bit different, something we haven't really done here on the podcast so far, uh, leading up to the 2021 season, we really haven't previewed the NFC East. Really taking a look at the the Cowboys, Eagles, and the Washington Football Team. So, thought we would spend some time doing that today. And before we dive into the Broncos a little bit later in the week, and I know Chris Flum and, and Joe DeLeon will be doing uh, a lot of breakdowns on the Broncos, Giants as well. So, thought we would we would dive into the NFC East a little bit. Here to help me do that is Big Blue View contributor and our NFC East correspondent. Per se, I, I guess we'll call her that is Emily Iannacone M. thank you very very much for for hopping on for a little bit.
0: Ed, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: And I got and and why haven't you been on the podcast before? <laughs>
0: That's what—that's the question I'm asking myself. I guess it's been to too much writing.
1: It's because you have a terrible boss who hasn't invited you. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> no, no, I I wouldn't go that far, but I'm excited to break that streak this week.
1: All right. Well, I appreciate your I appreciate your hopping on, and Emily, you know, for those of you who don't know, Emily's been doing uh, work for me for for a while now at Big Blue View, and we have mostly. Had Emily doing a lot of uh, of the NFC East work for us, you know, keeping tabs on the Eagles, Washington football team and the Cowboys. And also also writes about the Washington football team for Forbes, which, uh, you know, good for you, Em. But, you know, you're you're, you're writing about the Washington (laughs) football team.
0: Mm hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot to type out every week, too, now that they've changed the name. So it's a a time consuming Mm -hmm. thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, When are they going to get a real name? And why didn't they just go with football club, which would have sounded a lot cooler?
0: I, it would have sounded a lot cooler. We could have pretended they were like a premier league soccer team if if they had done that. But yeah. uh, their, their owner has said has said many times that we won't really know anything until at least the end of this season at the earliest. He, Jason Wright, does not seem like he's in a hurry to make that type of announcement anytime soon.
1: So actually, you know, um, since we... Since we ventured into talking about the Washington football team and since the Giants have to play them in week two, you know, basically five days after their season started, let's let's talk about the Washington football team. You know, from from your perspective, their defense, you know, by reputation and, and probably rightly so is what it is uh you know it's very very good potentially very dominant does does their season come down to Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and if so it, is that confidence inspiring or kind of head scratching as to why they would go with Fitzpatrick
0: mhm yeah i think that the biggest question for washington will be uh forgive me but will be whether they get fitz magic or fitz tragic next season. I think that their defense is poised to be just as strong as it was last year, if not stronger. They have four first round picks on on the defensive line. Obviously, Chase Young headlining that group. He had seven and a half sacks last year. He's poised to have even more this year. So I think they will continue to be very, very strong. It really will just depend on the offense and whether Fitzpatrick can kind of lead this group to just be a more balanced team. I mean, Washington was ranked in the bottom five to 10 in every offensive category last season. They they couldn't score points at all. Um, but they also had a really rotating cast of quarterbacks last season. They fielded four different starting quarterbacks, and it wasn't until the end of the season, once they had Alex Smith under center, that they kind of found some consistency. So I feel like if Fitzpatrick can bring that then they do have a chance to to do well this season well
1: you know now this is the thing for me with with Ryan Fitzpatrick we all know that you know there are those Fitz magic times and 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 it's fun to watch him show up in press conferences all dressed Mm -hmm. up in other people's clothes and you know which we've which we've seen a few times and and you know he he's a fun guy he's a fun story but correct me if I'm wrong here. He's been in the NFL for about 800 years, (laughs) and he's quarterbacked, you know, I think almost every team in the league, and I don't think he's ever quarterbacked in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to me, why would Washington have gone with with Fitzpatrick? And, And to me, I mean, am I right to feel like Rather than really go out and make a big move, that they kind of settled, you know, by going for, fit, for uh, Fitzpatrick here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think your um, estimations on Fitzpatrick's career in the league are, are spot on. It's definitely been hundreds of years. I mean, I
1: never for, exaggerate. Am like, I never exaggerate?
0: Never, never. That feels that feels extremely accurate to me. Um, he no, he's definitely. He's been around. He's been around a really long time. And it is it's an interesting uh, solution by Washington, who obviously let go of Dwayne Haskins Jr. at uh, at the end of last season, who was kind of supposed to be their franchise quarterback. And they sort of elected for more of a placeholder and a bandaid under center than a long term solution, which is interesting. I guess, if anything, what it tells me is that this team feels a sense of urgency. I think they they really expect to and want to win right now. I think that's the thinking behind someone like Fitzpatrick, who never stays anywhere for very long. It's actually funny. I think in his, his 16 years, is you know, has never won a playoff game. Um, but maybe he's the difference maker for Washington. He sort of famously had a higher QBR than Tom Brady last season. He is trending upwards in in a lot of ways, Um, but it's, it's an interesting move by them. I think it's definitely, it's a placeholder move. I think it just speaks to mostly their sense of urgency this season. And I think it also says something about maybe what they're hoping to do in the draft next season. Maybe they just think they're going to get more of their franchise leader there as opposed to anywhere else. And they obviously didn't really come out on top with any of the big free agency QB arrangements of this past off season. So it, it could be settling, but also if we get, you know, the good version of Fitzpatrick, it could also be really, really smart.
1: So, you know, I I mean, I, I like to pick on, I like to pick on, on Fitzpatrick, but, but I hear what they're, you know, what you're saying, if, if he can, if he can avoid, you know, some of the the, the, as you said, fits tragic moments. He's played some good football throughout his, throughout his, his, his long time in the league. So we'll see how that works out, but talk about what does he have around him? Does he have, you know, just supporting cast wise, do you, do you like the group of playmakers that he's got around him?
0: Yes, definitely. And I think that Washington made a conscious effort to improve some of those playmakers this season. He's got uh Terry McLaren, uh the young, the young wide receiver. And then they also added Dax Milne, another wide receiver in uh in the draft this year, the second to last pick in the draft. Um, they were active in in free agency as well as far as adding some playmakers. So I think they made a conscious effort to really attack that this coming season. They, um, they also have in um, Logan Thomas, I feel like they have someone who was unexpectedly explosive last season who could come around and, and have another good year. They added Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys. So they certainly, they certainly tried to give him some playmakers. And I think that Fitzpatrick has showed in his career, his ability to really involve a lot of players and it's a young group. I think the Washington team is the sixth youngest roster in the NFL. It's a really young group, but that might actually mesh really well with someone as experienced as Fitzpatrick, who will know how to kind of embrace each of the different strengths of all of these players. So, so
1: what you're saying is that this team is, this team is good, this team is young, this team is getting better, and the Giants are going to have to deal with them for a while. Thanks, Em. <laughs>
0: I know. I know. We'll have, to, we'll have to throw in some positives for the Giants throughout. No, I, I hate to say it, but I, I do think I feel like they're trending upwards. I also just think Ron Rivera, what he's doing with that program and what he's already done in such a short amount of time. I, I do think they intend to be a contender for a while, which is, of course, not great for the Giants. But maybe it just makes the entire division more competitive altogether, which, which would be kind of nice.
1: Yeah, it would be kind of nice if the entire division, you know, was not a laughing stock for a change. And to be honest, to be honest with you, I think that the division as a whole, and we're getting sidetracked by getting into this topic. I think that the division as a whole, I think you can argue that at least three of those teams have a good chance of being better than they were a year ago.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think that the, and I think you're thinking the same thing. I think that the only really big question mark is is the Eagles, who still I feel like have a long a long ways to go. But yes, I think I mean we can get into this too. I'm sure we will. But with Prescott coming back, with a strong defense in Washington, a hopefully strong Fitzpatrick, and then the Giants too making a lot of big free agency moves this this off season, I I do think they are poised to be better. Hopefully, they'll be less. NFC least jokes and all of all of the nonsense that we really sat through last season. I I think we'll see less of that at least. I, I,
1: I certainly hope so. And it 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 will certainly help if Daniel Jones turns the corner, you know, on 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 a, on a zone read and doesn't trip over the 20-yard line with nobody <laughs> near him. it'll certainly help
0: for daniel jones no more tripping
1: (laughs) no more tripping as i sit here and stare at my daniel jones bobblehead
0: (laughs) (laughs) make sure he stays upright we gotta send good vibes that way
1: (laughs) oh i i had i had fun with my daniel jones bobblehead last year because when he got hurt i took duct tape and put it over his hamstring
0: (laughs) (laughs) so interactive Oh, uh, it was
1: very it was very cool. I I enjoyed it. I don't know if anybody else did. I think I put a picture of it up on Twitter, but I enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. somebody had to have fun with Jones getting hurt. Oh
0: yeah. But De- no, definitely.
1: Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. And we know what the story is with Dallas. We know Dak Prescott got, got hurt last year in the game against the Giants and you know, was a hit that Logan Ryan was involved in and, and, and all of that. And we know that, you know, that, that the Cowboys were basically picking up guys who played quarterback about as well as I do at this point in my life to, to try to try to win games and, Mm -hmm. and, but here's the thing with the Cowboys, we, we can talk about all of the things that they've got, all the wide receivers that they've got and the offensive line that, that they supposedly still have although i think that 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 offensive line is starting to leak some oil mm-hmm. but and, and i know they've got a new defensive coordinator but i always look at the Dallas Cowboys and and you know if i was if i was in a card game i would just like push all my chips to the to the middle of the table and say all right prove it prove it because to me they're always a team that doesn't add up to the sum of its parts, or that never seems to meet its own hype, so i mean what so do you agree with me on that and and what do you make of this version of the cowboys
0: i I definitely agree with you on that. I think that on paper, this Dallas team is very, very good, like last season, they are expected to win the division in in a lot of ways, but I also agree that that is that's really should be taken with a grain of salt because the biggest question for Dallas has always been whether they can translate this off the field talent into actual on field success and it's it's always a little bit up in the air for them there's there's reason to believe that they should we know that Dak Prescott was on pace for a record-breaking season last year before he went down in week five against the Giants. And we know that their receivers, between C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, all had still really impressive numbers, even with the very rotating carousel of quarterbacks. Shout out to Ben DiNucci of last season. <laughs> so I do think that there's there's a lot of reasons to be positive, but there's also a lot of reasons to be hesitant because they remain thin at positions. They have one backup quarterback as of right now and Cooper rush, which who knows how Dak is going to do. And that, that feels kind of like a big question mark to me. If, if he goes down again, what, what are they going to do under center? They, they've got two running backs and Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. They're a little thin at tight end. There's, there's some cause for concern, even on this offense, which is supposed to be this team's biggest strength heading into next season.
1: And of course, we know that uh, that the Cowboys also hired a new defensive coordinator. They brought in Dan Quinn to replace Mike Nolan, who really his tenure in Dallas last year just didn't go well. And I know that the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, and a lot of Giants fans would have loved to have seen Parsons, you know, in in a Giants uniform. And and if if Parsons is the player that that people think he could be. Um, you know, th- then he's a huge difference maker. But this Dallas defense was awful. I mean, really awful a year ago. I mean, can they be, you know, it, in your mind, can they be at least adequate? Can they be good enough to, to help a team win, win the NFC East?
0: Right. Yeah. Their, their defense was historically bad. Last season, they finished 28th in the league in points allowed per game, 31st in rushing yards. They they were really bad, but I think you can already see Dan Quinn's impact on this team. You can see it in drafting uh, Micah Parsons at number 10 overall. They also selected cornerback Kelvin Joseph in the second round. Uh, And they signed um, some safeties in free agency, which should really improve their secondary, which cornerback was a big position of need for them heading into this offseason. So I do think there's reason to believe that they should be better. And for the Cowboys, it's really only a question of being good enough because their offense should be able to carry them. I don't think this defense necessarily needs to limit teams to 15 points or less all of the time. I, I think that the offense can carry the team. It's just they have a ways to go as far as being better than next season if they want to at least keep this team competitive on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, it's weird for me. I mean, every year you look at the Cowboys and so many times you look at them and you say they should be the best team in the division. They've got the most talent. They've got the the, the most accomplished quarterback with the best resume. They've got the Super Bowl winning head coach. They've brought in the new defensive coordinator who has a really good reputation. But I always shake my head about Dallas, and and I think it comes back to Jerry Jones. And I just wonder how they're going to manage to shoot themselves in the foot, because somehow I think they always manage to be less than they should be. And as much as you look at the Cowboys and you think they should win this division, I'll believe that they can and I'll believe that they will when they do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think that Jerry Jones is 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 always a cause for concern. Obviously, speaking as a Giants fan a little bit there, I'll just never not picture him on his yacht selecting players. (laughs) Uh, That will just be the forever image in my head. (laughs) Um, No, but I I completely agree. I think, while in some ways, the Cowboys gained some security this season because they finally signed. Prescott to you know to a four-year deal it's the first time Prescott will take the field in three seasons in which he has some contract security so they in some ways they locked aspects of their team down but in other ways there still remains a lot a lot of question marks which I kind of pointed out earlier and how thin I think some of their offensive positions are and then on on the defensive side of the ball that was we already knew that that was thin heading in heading into this season so I mean, they've got some new rookies, some new players who who could be strong contributors. Trevon Diggs is obviously coming back, but even still his, his receiving yards ranked 21st most among all cornerbacks in the league last season, despite him playing just 12 games. So even some of these players that we feel like we should feel really strongly about sometimes with Dallas don't always perform in the way that we expect. I also think it's important to point out that even with Dak Prescott healthy in the first few games of um, last season, the Cowboys weren't off to a winning start. They didn't they didn't do very well to to kick off the season, and that was with Prescott. So, I think there's a lot of question marks. I think Mike McCarthy probably feels some fire entering entering his second year, but like with the Cowboys, it could also it could also all turn their way. I just I also think there's reason to believe that uh, Jerry Jones could be could be a little disgruntled once again.
1: Just before we move off the Cowboys, what's your take on Mike McCarthy? What happens? I know that McCarthy's got, you know, the Super Bowl resume. I know that there was some talk of maybe the Giants being interested in McCarthy, you know, before they hired Joe Judge and, and, and all of that. What's your take? If, if things don't go well, you know, for Dallas this year, are they going to be looking for another head coach?
0: It it seems wild to assume that they would go do that. It also just feels crazy in the context of the NFC East, which has had so, so, many, so much coaching turnover in the last couple of seasons. So it seems like it would be a crazy thing for them to go searching again. I don't think he's on the hot seat after this season if things don't go well. I do think his resume and his pedigree speaks for – speaks for itself and will carry him for at least another season. But I don't think his leash is very long at the same time, because I think that while he brings this really strong um, record of experience to Dallas, there seems to just be a lack of cohesion on this team. I I feel like, you know, to bring in the Giants, I feel like when Joe Judge arrived in New York, it was a clear culture shift. I think you can say the same thing about Ron Rivera in Washington. Things were different upon their arrival. And even if you weren't there in the locker room, you could feel that difference. And I don't know, this is of course an intangible thing, but I don't know that McCarthy has established that just yet. I don't know that he has an identity for this team. I don't know if he's established something they can rally behind. And that's sort of But it's an intangible thing, but it's one of those things that coaches really get judged on in the NFL. So I don't know if he's on the hot seat yet, but I I would imagine he feels at least a little bit of fire under him heading into this season.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to bluenile.com. That's bluenile.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the Philadelphia Eagles team that that all Giants fans just have such a warm place for in their hearts.
0: (laughs) The best fans are Eagles
1: fans, right? Oh, well, sure. (laughs) Sure. So, um, you know, I I went to a game in Philly a couple years back. I happened to be in the press box for the game when Jake Elliott beat the Giants on the last play with the 61-yard field goal. It was really not a place I wanted to be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I can't imagine it was. No,
1: <laughs> no, it was. Uh, it, it it's an interesting environment. Let's just say that much. But uh, let's let's talk about the Eagles. You know, I, I I'm not so sure that he should be judged on this. But Nick Sirianni is was a really intriguing in a lot of ways the way joe judge was a really surprising choice for the giants Sirianni was a a real under the radar you know choice for the eagles one that nobody saw coming and then of course he holds his introductory press conference and i don't know I and mean, it's really really difficult to lose the introductory press conference, but somehow I think Nick Sirianni managed to do that. And from the outside, it's hard, it's hard not to remember that. But when, when you look at the Eagles, I mean, should we look at Sirianni as that guy or do you think that, that he's kind of he got things under control in Philly and, and he knows what he's doing? Or is it hard to say?
0: It's hard to say, but I think to give a more definitive answer, I, I don't know that he knows what he's doing at this point. <laughs> I, I truly don't. I also think not only was the introductory press conference strange, I think the story about him being on vacation when the Eagles first contacted him and he shows up in Philly and Sweats or something. So all the other, all the other um coaches and people interviewing him also wore sweats because I guess he couldn't find himself a suit to put on. I don't know. I just feel like the whole thing is strange. He should be able to get access to a suit somehow. So uh, Ben
1: McAdoo, I think Ben McAdoo still got like an oversized one. He could have <laughs> sent him.
0: He share it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I think they both could have fit in it.
0: <laughs> That's so true. I mean, that suit, not that suit's never going to fit any coach if it's Ben McAdoo. <laughs> I I don't know what's going on with that suit. I will I will never know what's going on. Um, which is obviously these are all really intangible things. The press conference, the the, the lack of a suit. Really, you know, does, is that going to translate to anything on the field? Probably not. But I do think it set an interesting tone for this first year head coach in Philly. I. I think that even in the with the roster cuts this past week, he did some controversial things, or there were some interesting moves made. Uh, they kept their wide receiver wide receiver white Whiteside over Travis Fulham, which was a little bit surprising, I think, and I think it just speaks to kind of similar to what I was saying with Mike McCarthy. I think it just speaks to a lack of cohesion on this team yet, which is to be expected though, in this case, I mean, they've got a new head coach. They also have a new quarterback under center with Carson Wentz long gone. So it'll be a lot of shifting and adjusting in, in Philly. I think giants fans were really excited to get on the field and take on Doug Peterson after, you know, how the, how last season ended. Um, which we don't have to relive. That was a tough one for Diane Sands to swallow. But I think in reality, they're fielding such a different team this year that I don't even know that you can be all that angry. We can be angry because they're the Eagles, but a lot of the players and and even the coach who kind of dictated those changes in that final game aren't there anymore. So it'll be an interesting team.
1: Are are they? I think people make this assumption that that there's Dallas there's Washington there's the Giants who people aren't sure what to make of whether they're you know whether they're going to be good bad or indifferent and then you know limping along at the bottom is going to be the Eagles i mean are they in your mind is there i mean are they that far behind the other three teams in your mind at this point or you know or could could there be you know could they at least be mediocre
0: Right. Well, we are in the NFC East which is which is a bit relative as far as how we define mediocre and good and and everything like that. I I do think that this team is just a, a lot more question marks than answers going into the season. I do feel like there's a gap between them and the rest of the three teams in the division. That being said, we really don't know the answers to these questions. Like how will Jalen Hurts do under center? What kind of impact will Devonta Smith have as a wide receiver? I mean, these could have really positive outcomes. Some of these things, we just, we just really don't know yet. This will be the year of Jalen Hurts. It'll be about whether or not he can become a franchise quarterback for this team. It'll be a year long tryout and we'll, we'll see what they do after that. I just, I think Philly also has, nine draft picks, I think, already going into the draft next year. I think if this is a rebuilding season, I think they're prepared for it and they've embraced that a little bit. So I just see them being more um, not as put together, I guess, as the other three teams in the division.
1: All right. So here's a really important question that goes right to the heart of your Giants fandom. Mm-hmm. Are Giants fans gonna be ticked off this year when they watch Devonta Smith and realize that Devonta Smith should have been a giant and Kadarius Tony is a giant?
0: I think the answer is yes, unfortunately, especially because Tony has had such a strange off season of different maladies, different things going wrong, different reasons. He's not on the field. I mean, Smith was already an explosive player coming out of Alabama. We, we all knew that. Um, but then I think when you kind of compare to the, compare it to the preseason Kadarius, Tony has had, I think, I think Giants fans may end up being a little bit frustrated, but hopefully Tony can, can kind of turn things around and stay mm-hmm. healthy. can stay active and maybe he will be the receiver that they need. And- um, I just, I just not sure yet.
1: If, if Devonta Smith is really good, it's going to be hard to watch, but, Mm -hmm. but to me, what I try to remind people, you know, I'll just put my two cents in here on this one is you have to remember that getting Kadarius Toney was a four for one. It's not about Kadarius Toney needing to be as good or better than Devonta Smith Tony needs to be a productive player for the Giants, but it's really about what the Giants do with those other assets. And they used one of those picks to move up and trade for Aaron Robinson, the cornerback this year. And of course, Robinson's been hurt. So again, like with this entire rookie class, it's like, it. You know, what, what are the Giants going to get out of this rookie class? But really it's about, what happens with that first and I think it's a third round pick that the Giants got next year. What do they do with those picks? It's about what do they end up with in total. It's not necessarily Kadarius Tony versus De- Devonta Smith, but if Devonta Smith turns out to be a Pro Bowl player, it's still going to be annoying.
0: Yes, it'll it'll still be tough to swallow. But I think that's such a good point. It's really important to remember the many layers of, of kind of that Tony pick and what it resulted for, for the giants. It's not exactly like one plus one equals two. I think, I think there's, there's a lot more going on there. So hopefully the giants end up being at least mostly happy with, with the decision. And we just, We'll try to not watch all the Smith think I think,
1: right? I, I, I think the, the biggest problem Kadarius Tony has right now is not injuries and all of that. It's that he's about 150 pounds too light and he doesn't play right tackle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's definitely the biggest, <laughs> biggest problem. <laughs> all
1: right. Hey, all right. Last question for you, M. Last question before we go. Who wins the NFC East?
0: Yeah, I saw this coming. I am going to go with with Washington, I think, which is also kind of a bold pick, not only because it's not the Giants, but because no NFC East team repeats as division champions. It happens so, so rarely. I don't think it's happened to two. Until since 2004, 2005, it's very rare. So I really have history working against me in this pick. But ultimately, I think if it's going to come down to Washington and Dallas, I think Dallas has more question marks. I feel like Washington just has such a reliable force on defense. And I think that their offense will be able to pull through enough to balance this team out to remain competitive. Ten wins can probably win this division 10 11 wins and I think that they'll be able to do that so I I see that happening again is is my prediction though of course as a Giants fan I I hope the Giants pull through
1: can you play right tackle
0: (laughs) it would certainly be left tackle
1: (laughs) or center left guard maybe
0: I'd be great at center definitely
1: (laughs) oh there you go there you go. You know, actually, I I I tend to agree with you on that pick for the simple reason that you look at the talent, you look at everything, and and I said it earlier. I just I just need the Cowboys to prove to me that they can actually be what they're supposed to be. I think I trust. You know, defense travels, and Washington has it, and Ron Rivera is a tremendous coach. So, wouldn't be surprised at all if you wind up being right in that pick.
0: Let's get that down for the record. Let's see.
1: <laughs> all right. Hey, Em, thank you very, very much for, uh, for stopping by. Why don't you just let people know uh, where they can find you on social media, where they can find uh, your other work, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Emily Iannacone. Uh, and then I'm also, if you search my name and search Forbes, you'll also see the writing I do on the Washington football team. So that's where you can find me on, on social media.
1: And you can check Emily's weekly NFC East notebook on Big Blue View and and anything else I can actually get her to do when she's not busy, you know, doing full time kinds of things and, you know, writing for a silly little publication like Forbes and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Em, thank you very, very, very much for coming on. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter, at Big Blue View, pretty much uh, anywhere. I forgot YouTube, on our YouTube channel as well, where you can can see my pretty face doing some live streams on occasion. So thanks again, Giants fans. Please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.